Welcome to the 21 News Podcast. I'm Madison Tromler. In today's special edition, we continue to discuss the COVID-19 pandemic one year later. I sat down with Dr. Cinda Rushton, a Bunting Professor of Clinical Ethics and Nursing of Johns Hopkins University. Rushton walks me through the challenges nurses have faced on the front lines of the coronavirus pandemic and how this will impact them and even us in the years to come if change isn't made. Take a listen. First, I'd really like to talk with you about the long-term impact on frontline workers, specifically frontline nurses handling the COVID-19 patients. How, how troubling do you think it is for them? I think it's very troubling. I think that um, nurses at the front lines have really borne a very substantial uh, burden in this pandemic that has um, really, I think, pushed them beyond their capacity to adapt in many situations. And I don't think we know yet what the long-term impact of that will be, but it there are some very worrisome signals related to that. And although maybe we don't know exactly what the impact could be, just based on maybe other situations that people go through, what could this be compared to or or what possibly could be the long-term impact, maybe based on some similar situations? So, you know, one thing that's different about this particular situation is often when we have a, 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 you know, a crisis, it's pretty time limited. This crisis has gone on now for over a year. And so as a result of that, um, you know, we don't have exact um, parallels. You know, it's not like 9-11. It's not like a hurricane or a, you know, a, a natural disaster. So I think what we, what we suspect is that there will be um, long-term psychological uh, and I would add to that moral uh, consequences to nurses who have really been at the front lines of caring for people with COVID. Um, we know that nurses are uh, exhausted. They feel traumatized by the volume of patients that they have been asked to care for, often uh, in magnitudes that have exceeded our usual staffing patterns. Um, we've had severe shortages of basic equipment like PPE um, and other basic things that nurses need to be able to do their jobs. And we have also, in the context of all of this, we've had um, you know, a lot of political and social unrest that has added to the, the burden and the struggle that nurses have experienced. Um, and so I, I think that one of the things that I'm particularly concerned about is the, the moral residue that nurses are carrying as a result of having to make and be involved with and carry out decisions of others uh, about how resources were allocated, the sense of feeling that, um, you know, for many patients, we weren't able to actually help them very much. And the, you know, over 500,000 people who have died in this country 
that volume of death is not normal for nurses. And so there's this huge burden of grief that they also carry. And on top of that, there's this feeling of betrayal that many nurses have about how organizations, how our government, how leaders uh, basically abandoned them uh, during this time when they were being asked day after day to show up, to go above and beyond without some of their basic um, you know, sort of tools to be able to do that. And I think another piece of that betrayal is, you know, nurses derive a lot of their um, meaning and satisfaction in their roles related to, to really taking good care of their patients. And when they can't do that, it leaves them feeling at the end of the day <clears throat> that they failed in some way. And on top of that, when during this context, we've had patients who in many ways have turned against nurses. They have um, rejected their recommendations about how to be safe during the pandemic, basic public health guidelines about masking and physical distancing and washing hands. And then when they arrive in their units with COVID, they argue with them about their diagnosis. They have challenged their commitment to their well being. And for many nurses, that's sort of the last straw um, that nurses show up to take care of everybody, no matter what their unique characteristics are. And when someone suggests that their commitment is somehow corrupted, it's demoralizing. And so there's all of these factors that have sort of come together that um, I think have created an environment where many nurses, and we know two thirds of nurses are considering whether or not they will continue in their roles or their profession. That's staggering. Yeah. And, and I do want to talk about that, the possible shortage that could come of this, but and you brought up the death and that nurses haven't seen this volume of death before. And I did interview a few nurses who they they seem strong. They say that they have decent mental health, that they don't necessarily feel like it's taken over for them. But they did talk about the emotions and them seeing pa these patients dying and have to be the last one next to them. Mm -hmm. And if there's maybe some nurses out there who are feeling strong. And these are nurses who work in the trauma unit. So mm -hmm. they've seen a lot of things before even COVID. But what kind of a toll do you think it takes to even deal with the emotions of death when you know that their family wasn't there and mm -hmm. that this is just a little different? Yeah. And, you know, one of the things I know about um, our profession is nurses show up no matter what. And so there is incredible strength and resilience in our profession. They're, every nurse I know is resilient. And it's not as if there's um, a, a lack in any of them. It's that the circumstances have really, uh, you know, exceeded what anybody could actually hold. But I think the, the, the thing that many nurses have struggled with is 
not only the volume of death, but the fact that patients have been separated from their families and nurses have taken on a kind of emotional surrogacy role in addition to everything else that they're doing to try to create, you know, a end of life process that is dignified and that really honors that person. And nurses know how to do that. But you also have to have a way to to also resource yourself in meeting so much death. And, you know, many nurses have not had the, the exposure to the volume of death that we've seen. Right. And so they need additional support and resources and places where they can talk about their grief. They can talk about what they themselves are carrying, the sense of responsibility. And, and for many nurses, there's a sense of guilt that I couldn't do more. Um, you know, that's also a heavy, heavy burden for nurses. And do you think that, let's talk about the shortage in the nursing field. Um, from what we've heard, this is already something that is happening. So do you think that this is going to lead to more of a shortage? Well, we suspect it probably will. Um, and, um, you know, it's it's hard to know what the trajectory will actually look like. We already predicted that there were going to be half a million um, nurses uh, that we were going to need in the next four or five years. Um, and we suspect that there will be a, a, a number of nurses who will decide that that they're no longer interested in, in continuing in their profession. At the same time, we're seeing some positive um, signals in terms of um, students who are registering in nursing programs, but one of the challenges there is we don't have enough faculty to actually accommodate the volume of students who want to become nurses. And so we've got shortages at many different levels that are going to impact our supply. In addition to that, we have to think beyond supply. And the big question is how do we sustain the students that we've trained in our profession? And that's something that I'm very interested in and we're just launching a new um, initiative here in Maryland, the Resilient Nurses Initiative, to try to see how we can bridge more effectively the gap from academic training into practice so that the nurses that we train can sustain themselves over the long haul in this profession, because we need every single one of them. Right. Absolutely. It's an important conversation. And what do you think can be done for these nurses? What should be done uh, moving forward? Well, we uh, hosted a, a Wiki Wisdom Forum and we asked nurses to tell us about uh, what they recommended to deal with the, the pandemic. They said three things. The first thing was to listen to us. We are the uh, eyes and ears of the point at the point of care, and nurses are problem solvers. So we, we, if you want to fix something, ask a nurse. <laughs> the second thing is protect us. Give us the, the 
resources and the equipment so that we can do our jobs safely without having to feel like we have to choose between our own health, the health of our patients, and the health of our families. That is huge. And the third thing they said was empower us. Empower us to do what we do best. Empower us to design the system so that we can do our job well, that we can address these gaps and trust our expertise because, you know, we, um, we spend a lot of time in the interstitial spaces between patients and families and other members of the teams and organizations and communities. Nurses are, net, are, are networkers. And we look at it from a systems point of view. And that expertise is really, really important. And do you think that these three things are being done enough right now? Well, I think no, they're not. Um, I think they need to be coupled with uh, also finding ways to go beyond holding nurses up as heroes to actually honoring their contributions in authentic and meaningful ways. So for example, um, there's a, um, a new billboard in Times Square that says, honor a nurse. And what that is an invitation for is for the public and other people who are um, witnessing the contributions of nurses to be very specific in acknowledging what their contribution has been, and also to um, be able to, to say your contribution makes a difference. So if you're a patient and a nurse has made a difference in your life, thank them for that. Because for nurses, that's the fuel. That's the fuel that keeps us going. The second thing is we've got to start dismantling the, the bigger system issues that have created the conditions for the pre-pandemic challenges that nurses experience. We ought to be implementing the recommendations of the Nas National Academies Committee on Burnout report about how we can address the systemic contributions to burnout and depletion that nurses are experiencing. We need to remove the barriers for mental health services. There's so much stigma about asking for help and shame that goes along with the idea that we have to be perfect, that we can't demo, you know, we can't show our humanness. So, you know, Dr. Lauren, Lorna Breen, who died by suicide, a physician, that has galvanized the nursing and medical community to say, we have got to remove the barriers for clinicians to get the kind of mental health and other psychological support that they need to be able to manage these situations. And, you know, we've, we've got to really get serious about how our healthcare systems are funded, what we prioritize, how we view nurses uh, on the healthcare budget. Often the nursing budget is the biggest in an organization. And it, as a result, that's the place where we immediately want to start cutting 
when what we know is that when we have a sufficient nursing workforce, we have better patient outcomes, we have better quality and safer care. So that's a mindset that really has to get shifted. Got it. That's such good, such good insight. And also, just quickly, can we talk about the shortage and how this could affect the aging population and a shortage of nurses to care for them? I know you've kind of already touched on that in a way, but what are you what are your thoughts there? Well, what we know is that um, baby boomers are are uh, a large portion of our population. And because of that aging, you know, sort of society, we know that people have many chronic illnesses, comorbidities that are going to require nursing care. You know, when a person is diagnosed with a, with a uh, you know, a problem, after the diagnosis, the thing they need most is nursing care. So the question that every person ought to be asking yourself is who is going to care for me if I need nursing care in the future. And if that doesn't give you pause, it should. Because nurses are the backbone of this healthcare system and it is unsustainable without a healthy nursing workforce. Got it. Well, thank you so much, doctor. Is there anything else that you can think of that you think people should know? Anything else? I think... um, Nursing is uh, an incredible profession. It is a privilege to do the work that we do. And it is time for the public, for the government, for organizations to really invest in and honor nurses' contributions. They're largely overlooked. And what is important now is to pause and to take stock of what kind of healthcare system will we have without them.